0: Good afternoon, it's Friday the 16th of April 2021, just after one o'clock. Welcome to UK Column News. I'm your host, Mike Robinson. Joining me in the studio today, Patrick Henningson from 21st Century Wire. Welcome to the programme, Patrick.
1: Great to be with you, Mike.
0: And we'll start off uh, by saying we're uh, very sorry, but we're not on YouTube uh, for another week. Uh, we've been kicked off because of, uh, well, breach of community guidelines, Patrick. Uh, you cannot talk about certain subjects, as you all know by now, uh, and because we have been talking about them, they've decided uh, we're persona non grata.
1: And you can't talk to members of the public who are effectively bona fide whistleblowers, right?
0: So anybody wondering which particular video was, uh, it was the uh, testimony from the uh, wife of the person who had uh, uh, um, ended up in intensive care following an AstraZeneca vaccine. This was a personal testimony. It can't be against community guidelines to give personal testimony of what happened to you and your family. Can it? Well, apparently it can.
1: Well, shouldn't. Well, it should appeal as well. So we'll see what happens.
0: We will see what happens. I think we know what the outcome of that will be. But let's uh, let's move straight on then with uh, the AstraZeneca vaccine, Pfizer, BioNTech, Moderna. They're all there. What's going on?
1: Well, there's been uh, vaccine problems, Mike, I think we all can admit. Uh, If you've been following the news over the last couple of weeks, uh, we'll just do a quick review for for those of you who uh, aren't familiar with the trajectory of this issue here. Uh, Just for the last few weeks, we've seen Denmark as well has put the brakes on the AstraZeneca vaccine. Also, temporary suspensions were announced weeks ago, Norway, Iceland uh, as well. There's also been concerns in other countries, Mike, that are less publicized. But uh, the issue is a uh, suspected risk of blood clots, uh, potentially, I should add, lethal blood clots. And that's the concern here. And this is followed by this. U.S. just halted the Johnson Johnson COVID-19 vaccine, again, because of blood clot cases emerging. So, And, and you can see, as these stories, Mike, have been uh, compiling over the last couple of weeks, uh, then we saw the reaction immediately after the Johnson and Johnson story broke. This is what we saw here. Take a look at this. Uh, now look at the headline on this. This is on Yo- why this is in Yahoo style. I don't know, but I think this was a it's a Reuters article that went on the wires. Blood clot risk up to ten times higher with coronavirus itself than its vaccines. Study suggests. Okay, so that that's a reaction. That's propaganda. From the mainstream media, from the pharmaceutical industry, to try to shore up this hemorrhaging narrative around these other vaccines that are having all these problems and where they're being basically uh, banned in some countries mm-hmm. like Denmark. I mean, Denmark's hit the brakes. They said indefinitely, mm-hmm. but let's say it's banned. But uh, you can see how the media is very coordinated in how this information program is being run. So it's it's uh, to me it's undeniable.
0: Yes, absolutely, and uh, we're going to see. Uh, more media coordination later on in the program. Uh, where does that take us?
1: Well, this is uh, just quickly. This is what Alex Berenson. He's a former New York Times writer, uh, very popular on social media. This is he's, I think, working on some stories in this area, Mike. He just said, I, th- I think last night. I've heard, I've now heard from multiple people that the VAERS system, this is the vaccine side effects reporting system in the United States, is to be polite, overwhelmed, behind on reports, and quote, hardly functioning. Uh, if the elite media were not desperate to push vaccines, this would be a hell of a story. I wish I had a newsroom, said Alex And It's
0: it's quite interesting because uh, I've seen bits of video in recent days uh, of somebody challenging uh, the authorities in the United States over the various database, suggesting that uh, the, the number of reports on that is only 1% of the total number of adverse reactions. Mm-hmm. We have a document from the MHRA in the UK, which is showing that prior to COVID-19, they were saying 10 to 15% of adverse reactions from from all types of uh, medication end up on the yellow card system. Um, So if that is the case, uh, and of course, we've got, uh, again, firsthand testimony from nurses and so on, talking about uh, them being discouraged from uh, from registering uh, adverse reactions on the yellow card system. So I would like to get a better idea of what the scale of the adverse reactions actually is.
1: So in reality, we're only seeing the tip of the iceberg with these two reporting systems. That
0: seems to be the case. So yes. they're,
1: not, they're not really fit for purpose, and I think a lot of people agree with that.
0: Uh, and uh, bearing in mind that the yellow card system for COVID nineteen uh, involves a multi million pound uh, AI re- recording system and and supposedly AI system for getting data out again, I'm not seeing any particular evidence that that is. Fit for purpose either. Um, but look, let's uh, move on to this. This is from the BBC uh, a few weeks ago, uh, the 16th of March. The BBC reported that Moderna was beginning testing COVID 19 vaccines on babies and young children. Uh, this is uh, children aged six months to 11 years old. Uh, they were planning at that point to enroll 6,750 children in the United States and Canada for the trial. Uh, and they were going to inoculate, or they were claiming that inoculation of children and young people is critical to achieving. Uh, the level of herd immunity necessary to halt the pandemic because while children uh, don't become seriously ill from the vaccine, uh, they uh, are represent a small risk of transmission, especially amongst teenagers. So because it's especially amongst teenagers, they're running trials for people aged six months to 11 years. You can work that one out. Uh, so anyway, that's what uh, the uh, BBC was reporting back in March. Now, one of the hospitals uh, that has been involved in this is this one, the Children's Hospital of, Phil- of uh, Pennsylvania, uh, and uh, it's in Philadelphia, obviously. Uh, CHOP is one of the hospitals studying uh, Moderna vaccine in children 12 and under. Um, well, um, we've got some pretty uh, sad news to report this morning because uh, this is what we've had from two sources independently that a two-year-old child has died as a result of taking part in the Moderna trials uh, at that hospital. Uh, the cause of death is reported to be a blood clot. Uh, and uh, the Children's Hospital of Pennsylvania has been contacted by us, uh, w- but no response has been forthcoming so far. If we do get a response, a confirmation or a denial, uh, we will, of course, report that. Uh, but at this stage, too, people have uh, informed us of this independently from each other. So we're taking that report credibly at this stage.
1: So it's likely we might actually see that uh, in, in the media uh, if that surfaces uh, as, as a bona fide Media story. Uh,
0: right. We should see that in the media if uh, it is admitted by the hospital. We we wait to see. We wait to hear what the hospital has to say about that.
1: Before we move on, Mike, you know the obvious question is why 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 are you testing uh, a, a not fully licensed product? This is not a fully licensed vaccine, uh, not in in Europe or in the United States. It's it, it's under an emergency youth, use authorization in the U.S. Why are you then testing it, experimenting effectively on children and pregnant women? which uh, all of these companies are, Moderna's doing it, Johnson Johnson, Pfizer as well, uh, and others. Why, why? The, the risk is uh, zero for children ever getting ill or anybody really under the age of, you can go as high up to 50 if you want, but the statistics are oh, negligible in adults. There's zero, pre- pretty much zero in children. So this is all based on the myth of the asymptomatic spreader. And this is also based on the concept of that natural herd immunity it doesn't exist, yes, or is not possible. The only path to quote herd immunity, and this is a new, it's a new discovery, Mike, in modern science. It's only happened in the last couple of months. We've been told that only through synthetic immunity can you achieve herd immunity. So when this whole fiasco started, everyone says, "Don't use the term herd immunity." Boris, remember when he first used it, everybody went crazy. We're not animals. There's and, and herd immunity. It's it's a, it doesn't exist now. It exists, but only with vaccines. So I don't know. Let I'll step back and, and let people decide uh, if you think this makes sense or not.
0: Yes, indeed. So. Well, let's move on then to Global Citizenship and Vax
1: Live. Yeah, I love this website. This is the Global Citizen, but this is on all of the major media uh, channels, Mike, especially in Hollywood. Vax Live. This is a concert featuring Jennifer Lopez, Eddie Vedder from Pearl Jam, Foo Fighters uh, and others. I don't know who these other artists are. But uh, it's called Vax Live, and let's take a look at this. Hosted by uh, Selena Gomez, Mike. There's uh, uh, the guy from Foo Fighters, Dave Grohl, I think his name is. Selena Gomez, Jennifer Lopez. Uh, This is a historic moment to encourage people around the world to take the COVID-19 vaccine when it becomes available to them. They've got the celebrities out in full force here, Mike. And, uh, and to, she goes on here, So uh, and call on the world leaders to share vaccine doses equitably and to bring people together for a night of music in a way that hasn't felt possible in the past year. I can't wait to be a part of it, says Selena Gomez. She's the host there, Mike. So they're really, they're bringing out the big guns hmm. now to to basically deal with what the authorities are calling this increasing problem of vaccine hesitancy. Uh, So, uh, you know, I I, I don't know what to say. This is just really beyond the pale. Um, Is this desperation? But it does show you, Mike, if you're a a Hollywood uh, A-lister, you are basically bound to perform Mm. at the behest of the establishment to push whatever they're pushing, whether it's a war, whether it's vaccines, uh, whether it's any sort of social justice issue or whatever. Well,
0: what what strikes me about this is we've seen this uh, same thing in the UK, Lenny, Henry, and the, that group of people there, and, oh, and, for, but yeah. we've seen celebrity involvement in trying to persuade people uh, to get involved in the vaccination program here for quite a number of weeks now, uh, and it's clearly going on in the United States as well. It's almost like, as you said uh, on another topic uh, at the beginning of the program, there's coordination between various media groups, Yeah perhaps there's coordination between uh, agents, but the, my other question is, how much are these people being paid for this work?
1: Well, uh, as we found out with past char- charity events or environmental events, getting paid quite a lot. Yes. Or they're really pushing the, their their products and they do massive record sales whenever they do these sort of uh, uh, events. But this is, now it gets really, we're going to get into the really good part here, Mike. Check this out. This is even better. Jennifer Lopez, Michael B. Jordan, Robert De Niro, you can see in Lady Gaga there, Uh, and they're endorsing a new health safety rating for buildings. What's this all about? Well, it's joining forces to promote a new safe spaces initiative that includes sanitization protocols and air quality management because airflow is the most important thing now in buildings because of COVID to keep safe. Let's just take a look at their promo bump here.
0: We all want to feel safe in the places we spend our time. Restaurants, theaters, stores. Hotels, stadiums. Offices, banks, childcare centers, and schools.
2: I'm Dr. Richard Carmona. This is the Well Health Safety Seal from the International Well Building Institute, the global authority on healthy buildings. When you see the Well Health
3: Safety Seal, it means health and safety measures have
1: met rigorous scientific
3: standards. So look for the Well Health Safety Seal outside and feel more confident going inside.
1: So, so it's it's your building has to be kosher-fied now. It's amazing. So it's got to have the seal. But take a look at the the details on this. Are really something to behold here. Uh, Let me see. Let me go. i on the right slide. Yes. Uh, International Well Building Institute. The rating allows for buildings and spaces to merit the seal after paying paying for an analysis and meeting scientific or are science-backed protocols across five core areas, including cleaning, sanitation procedures, emergency preparedness programs, health service resources, air and water quality management, and stakeholder engagement and communication, Mike. That's, uh, you got to pay for it. So the celebrities are plugging this thing, to, to, and this is to obviously, to stay, it's all about sa- staying safe here. Uh, and it goes on. Unbelievable. And so here we go. It it goes on. Per the uh, IWBI, this is the group, a group of more than 600 public health experts, virologists, government officials, academics, business leaders, architects, designers, building scientists, real estate professionals, were advised as a part of the creation of the rating of its criteria. Uh, And it goes on here. Let's hear, hear what the celebs have to say here. I love the whole idea of being safe, says Jennifer Lopez. It's become the most important thing in all of our lives. I like, every, I, like everybody else, want to be able to continue to move forward, and it's going to be important to see that the well, health, safety rating seal is on the building, says J-Lo, Jennifer Lopez here. Oh, and you want everyone to feel like when they go into an environment, whether it's a restaurant or movie theater, or wherever you're going, uh, that they are adhering to the guidelines, and the seal confirms that all those necessary precautions have been followed to make it a safe space. What's wrong with that, Mike?
0: I don't even know where to begin.
1: So, so if if this becomes the standard, you know, this is gonna co- this is an extra cost for business. Yes. Not only that, but the you have to abide by these rules. They say it's science based. But what's science-based about people wearing plastic visors and double masks and uh, socially distancing and things like that? There's no science involved in any of that. There's there's very little science, in fact. In fact, real science has debunked uh, the uh, myths about masks and protection and social distancing and lockdowns in general. So look at the tsunami of stuff that is coming our way so that we can achieve the new normal. And they're using all these celebrities. God, even Robert De Niro. Yes. Robert De Niro. He's
0: taken a stand on certain issues in the past, including vaccines, and now is, uh, well...
1: A total tool of the establishment. I'm just going to say it. But um, it's unbelievable, Uh, the hysteria. So Now, this is the hard end of the uh, hysteria coming now in in terms of policy. And
0: of course, what's driving the hysteria, what has been driven the hysteria largely over the last 12 months has been the, uh, the testing regime uh, and the numbers that are generated as a result of that. And of course, if we remember last week or a week or two ago, Boris saying, I urge everyone in the UK to take two rapid COVID tests per week and those COVID tests being provided free of charge, allegedly. Um, well, The Guardian has an article today, which they are claiming as an exclusive. Uh, the headline is Rapid COVID Testing in England, Maybe scale back over false positives. And they're saying that they have had access to uh, leaked emails. Uh, so let's have a look and see what they're saying here. Uh, leaked emails seen by The Guardian show that senior officials are now considering scaling back the widespread testing of people without symptoms due to a growing number of false positives. Uh, in one email, Ben Dyson, the executive director of strategy at the health department, stressed that uh, the fairly urgent need for decisions on the point at which we stop offering asymptomatic testing. Uh, so let's have a look and see what else he said. As of today someone who gets a positive lateral flow test result in say London has at best a 25% chance of it being a true positive, wow. right? Uh, but he goes on and he says if it's a self-reported test, so that 25% percent—if its if you've gone into a testing center and had the test administered there, mm-hmm. if it's a self-reported test then it's potentially as low as 10% for an optimistic assumption about specificity, or as low as 2% on a more uh, uh, pessimistic assumption. So what he's saying is that, uh, uh, you know, the true positive rate is going to be somewhere between 2% and 25%, depending on how positive you are. So the Guardian article then goes on to say the Department of Health and Social Care said that all testing policy was kept under continuous evaluation, but there are no plans to halt the universal program. Of course there aren't, because that's what's driving this whole agenda at the moment is the, uh, and in fact, the Department of Health and Social Care and the British government very, very keen to see as many false positives as possible because that helps them with their narrative.
1: Sure, uh, it's, it's driving lockdowns, it's driving mask mandates, it's driving school closures. And
0: it's driving the mass vaccination program.
1: And the mass vaccination program and the travel bans and the quarantines and everything.
0: Everything. So let's go on. They go on to say, uh, this is the Department for Health and Social Care saying, with around one in three people not showing symptoms, regular rapid testing is an essential tool to control the spread of the virus by picking up the cases that would not otherwise have been detected. Well, the cases would not otherwise have been detected because probably they don't exist. Probably it's a false positive. And the question is, does it matter that the cases haven't been otherwise detected if there are no symptoms, something with no, that causes no symptoms can't harm you? Uh, and if uh, well, it
1: means it's not an active
0: infection. Exactly.
1: Yeah, I uh, mean, the science behind this spreading is completely debatable and has been completely omitted from the mainstream conversation.
0: Yes, indeed. So they go on to say everyone in England can now access uh, a rapid testing twice a week in line with clinical guidance. I'm going to put a line through that word. I don't think it's clinical guidance at all. It is political guidance, they,
1: 100%. They just want to fill up their data columns with cases. So, unbelievable. It's worse than the PCR test, almost. I mean, it's, it's pretty it's not, bad. It's
0: not clear exactly, exactly which is worse, but uh, what I find... <laughs> Both of them uh, together. The, they Together, they are a pretty bad combination, uh, and I'm not sure what the requirement is at the moment, actually, it, whether they've stepped back from this previous requirement that if you tested positive, with a lateral flow test, you had to uh, uh, book a PCR test for confirmation.
1: So if your life's going to be put upside down and you're going to have to pay for you know, hotels and whatnot, and the, the, the reliability of these tests is that bad, why on earth would you want to take them?
0: Well, you wouldn't. Uh, but of course, this is the question that should have been asked by the mainstream press over the last 12 months because uh, everything is based on it. But let's move on to uh, uh, COVID passports. Uh, Or are they passports? British government wants to call them certificates, but of course in Israel they were being called green certificates, and this term green certificates has now moved to the EU. Is that coming to the UK as well? I suspect it is. Uh, Now, why do we think that this is important? Well, because the idea of green certificates, of course, suggests climate change, Uh, and I think you and I both agree, Patrick, that this is where we're heading at the moment. Is that this COVID narrative is going to uh, morph? into a more climate-related narrative over the next uh, six to 12 months.
1: Definitely, definitely. And then uh, obviously if you've got a, a digital uh, universal pass, Mike, for you know, vaccines initially, that can easily be parlayed into carbon credits, so to pay your indulgence tax if you want to travel and things like that. Yes. So that's definitely coming down the pipeline. Um, in fact, this is what uh, the, the, the PR firm that backed Greta Thunberg from day one and Cory Morningstar reported on this early that's that was their big app was the carbon credit app personal app for everybody's phone yes, and attached to all social media platforms so that whatever you do uh, you, you can sort of you know reduce your carbon footprint and make get a get a credit rating for it get a social credit rating for how green you are that was in that's in uh, Cory Morningstar's wrong kind of green Uh, the making of Greta Thunberg series. Yes,
0: so this is the direction we're heading. So why are we mentioning this? Because COVID green certificates uh, have now uh, received a mandate for negotiations with the European Parliament. uh, And uh, this has been done through the European Council. So that's all the uh, various council, European Council uh, ambassadors. Um, And uh, so they've approved the establishment mandate of an ad hoc working party to accelerate as a matter of priority, the negotiation of, uh, COVID passports. Uh, after several meetings at working party level, EU ambassadors have now agreed a common position uh, with a view to start negotiations with the European Parliament. But there are some caveats in this, and let's just have a look at them here. Uh, five main points to look at. First of all, a digital green certificate is not a precondition to exercise free movement, is what they're claiming, or at least this is what they're suggesting, uh, are, is, is, uh, is a key point. Uh, whether that gets passed the parliament or not, we wait to see. Uh, there is an international dimension to this. We'll be coming on to a bit more to that in a second. Uh, data protection provisions have been strengthened, so that should make us all, f- make all Europeans feel much better. Uh, this will apply to uh, the people that are uh, non-EU citizens but have leave to remain. Uh, there's going to be a transition period, uh, just like Brexit, uh, so that uh, com- countries that are already sort of uh, running some form of, of passport uh, arrangement, uh, will be able to transition to the EU level one, uh, and this I think is the key point here. There'll be a provision enabling Ireland and other EU countries to mutually accept cert- certificates issued to third co- uh, third country nationals based on recipro- re- sorry recipro- that is spelt correct, reciprocity reciprocity yes. So uh, in other words, uh, Britain therefore uh, basically the EU is making the assumption. Uh, and I suspect it's, it's, the, that assumption is, is based uh, very much on the uh, fact that the UK will be providing some kind of similar document uh, and therefore there'll be a, a mutual recognition of those documents between the UK and the EU. But uh, don't worry, we're outside the EU now. Uh, yeah, and, Brexit, uh, right? Brexit, Bre- yes. We're
1: Brexit. Now, so what about all these denials by ministers over the last couple of months that uh, you know, we don't do that sort of thing, vaccine passports, we're British? It's not going to happen.
0: Uh, yeah but the, those denials took place up until the point they didn't take place anymore and then Michael Gove published his his uh, request for comment uh, in the Telegraph uh, which absolutely got lambasted in the comments section of the Daily Telegraph but it's very very clear that uh, government is heading in that direction. So the governments
1: ha- are basically subverting the will of the people in all of these countries by implementing this by fiat basically and yes. through the back door. So how undemocratic is that? I mean, we know Brussels is an undemocratic institution, but, you know, at least the individual member states should exert some sort of sovereignty on such a profound issue as this. But where does, you know, where does the UK stand? I thought, well, they're out, right? Are they out of Europe?
0: Yes, good question. Anyway, uh, the Journal.ie has published this today, a poll, would you like to see vaccine passports introduced in Ireland? Uh, So I thought people would be interested to see the results of that. Uh, Here it is. So far, of course, because that poll is still running, Uh, but it's uh, no, uh, 65.1%. Yes, 32%, and the rest are not sure or have no opinion. So it's pretty clear that in Ireland, at least, they have no desire to see, or at least the majority have no desire to see this uh, policy progress.
1: And those numbers there, Mike, do you think the the, uh, the majority there is going to grow or shrink? Like how how do you think people's behavior is on an issue like this?
0: I, I think if it was an honest poll, uh, that uh, that no section will grow uh, with time. Uh, it depends whether how much Ireland has done to implement sort of 77 Brigade style operations to, mm. to to try to sway public opinion, uh, and how much intervention there is uh, to try to get polls to look the way governments want them to look. Mm, very interesting. Um, Okay. And uh, well, let's have a look at this then. This is the uh, Equality and Human Rights Commission. Uh, Now they uh, have issued a statement uh, about vaccine passports in the UK. Um, And there's, well, I saw quite a bit of comment on this in the mainstream press. And I think it was the Independent suggested that the government has been warned by its own equalities watchdog that COVID status certificate schemes or vaccine passports could be discriminatory. Uh, and uh, ministers are considering whether the documents could be uh, required as as a condition for entry into public spaces such as sporting events and so on. But if you actually read what's been said here, now the suggestion in the mainstream coverage is that the uh, Equality and Human Rights Commission was actually criticizing the government. But if you actually read what was said in their little press release, they have given the government advice in how to make sure the government is able to implement these passports in uh, legally. Uh, and I think that's a very different thing than the position that some of the mainstream press uh, was pretending, was attempting to uh, present. Um, and then uh, you would be glad to know uh, that the government is running another consultation, uh, a not a very well laid out uh, website here, but this is it. Um, and what are they talking about? Making vaccination a condition of deployment in old older adult care homes. Um, so this is, of course, the uh, question of whether people Uh, can't be forced out of their jobs if they refuse to take a vaccine. And I find it very interesting that the Department of Health and Social Care is using the word deployment rather than employment. So they're suggesting therefore that uh, it's a question of whether a care worker can be deployed onto the the shop floor, if you like, of the care home, uh, and not a question of whether that person can stay in employment or not, when in fact the Department for Health and Social Care will know very well that anybody who can't be deployed is not going to stay employed for very long.
1: It's militaristic language, isn't it? Deployment. So yes. It's like the frontline workers, the frontline of the pandemic. You keep you keep seeing these sort of words being used.
0: Yes. So uh, they're saying that making a vaccine a condition of deployment uh, would help further protect older people living in care homes. Uh, they say that experts on social care working group of SAGE advise 80% of staff and 90% of residents need to be vaccinated to provide a minimum level of protection against outbreaks of COVID-19. Uh, Only 53% of older adult homes in England are currently meeting this threshold. Uh, This means nearly half of all social care with older adult residents home to 150,000 vulnerable people don't meet SAGE's recommended vaccination thresholds thresholds for care and staff. Uh, So this is what uh, Hancock had to say. Uh, Making vaccines a condition of deployment is something many care homes have called for to help them provide greater protection for staff and residents, really. Um, what so
1: a, What a cynical use of the switch on that word, isn't it? Isn't that something? That's extraordinary.
0: Well, I, I'm, I'm not clear whether this is cynicism. I'm quite happy to accept that it could be, or whether it's because they don't want to get involved in what is likely to be a legal fight. Not to, yes, it's probably both of those.
1: Yeah, so they uh, don't want to get, get drawn into the weeds of employment law, right? So they're keeping it under the banner of this is an emergency. We yes. need to deploy our assets. It's very, again, it's very militaristic, so it's uh, wartime. What the war effort, basically.
0: Now, uh, on this kind of topic um, and the question of lockdown and so on, I think it was last week or the week before, Patrick, you had a piece of video with Rand Paul questioning Fauci in the United States uh, over when uh, lockdown was going to be lifted. Um, well, this time it's uh, Republican Congressman Jim Jordan. and We have a little bit of uh, video to show here, so let's uh, have a look at this.
2: Dr. Fauci, when is the time? When is the time? Well, in your written statement, you say, now is not the time to pull back on masking, physical distancing, and avoiding congregate settings. When is the time? When do Americans get their freedom back? Can you put your microphone, on, please? Sorry. When we get the level of infection in this country low enough that it is not a really high. Threat. What is low enough? Give me a number. What, I mean, uh, we, we, we had 15 days to slow yeah. the spread turned into one year of lost liberty. What metrics, what measures, what has to happen before yeah. Americans get my, their freedoms? My made? message, uh, Congressman Jordan, is to get as many people vaccinated as quickly as we possibly can to get the level of infection in this country low, that it is no longer a threat. That is when. And I believe when that happens, you will see. What the... determines when? I'm sorry. What? What measure? What, what, I mean, are, are we just going to continue this forever, or when does? When does? No. When do we get to the point? What measure? What standard? What objective uh, outcome do we have to reach before before Americans get their liberty and freedoms back?
0: So I'm not going to bore everybody with any more of that because that went on for another five or six minutes, uh, probably, possibly even longer than that. But at the end, uh, Congressman, Congressman Jordan ran out of time. And I thought it was just uh, worth, watch happen, worth watching what happened at that point.
2: Where does it get to when it comes down? What number do we get our liberties back? Tell me the number
1: Tell when, me the number 90 percent of the members of Congress get vaccinated.
2: But you're not a doctor, Mr. Clyburn. He is. What is the number? I can't. Thank give... you for recognizing me, Mr. Clyburn. Thank you. The chair you now recognizes uh, for five I'd minutes. I'd like my question answered. I don't. I do I don't want to my time. I my regular time. order. Regular order. No, if, Just if, a if, moment, all, Mr. 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 In. Chairman. Mr. Chairman, I don't want you to answer my question. The American people want Dr. Fauci to
0: answer the well, question. what does it have expire, to be?
2: It's sir. If you need to respect the chair and shut your mouth.
0: You You need to respect the chair and shut your mouth. So so. That's a pretty, Fauci for 10 minutes refused to answer a simple question. Uh, and uh, so at that point, uh, John, Jordan, who's Republican, was told to shut his mouth by the uh, Congresswoman, uh, The I can't remember which Congresswoman that is. It might have been Maxine
1: Waters, I'm not sure, but it's it, 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 a Democrat. Democrat, yes. So it's become a partisan issue. So the Democrats will rally around Fauci. They're protecting the uh, option of lockdowns protecting the idea of mask mandates, protecting the closure of schools. These are really hardcore Democrat uh, go-to policies now. Uh, and so the Republicans, it's become a partisan issue. And also the issue of vaccines, as we pointed out last week. Yes. more and more becoming a partisan issue. And so you can see now the media is, is seizing on this, and they want to drive a wedge in order to marginalize or to demonize anybody on the right, like much like what we saw on January 6th. Uh, in, the, in the aftermath of the, the riots in DC, yes. the conservatives should be regarded as domestic terrorists. It won't be long till CNN and the others move that sort of um, uh, treatment onto people who are sort of, you know, COVID deniers or who aren't taking the pandemic seriously, even though the pandemic uh, isn't really uh, anywhere to be found. So it's quite extraordinary.
0: Yes. Uh, but in Italy, uh, Patrick, what's going on?
1: So some pushback here. Uh, now we saw the, uh, the the restaurant and hospitality sector protesting uh, in the previous months, which were reported on, I think, in in Janu- at the end of January. Uh, so this is quite a serious confrontation uh, here in Rome, uh, where hundreds of restaurant owners came back and they basically said, "We need to open up now. We can't take it anymore. The the furlough you're giving us is pittance. Mm-hmm. You know, a few hundred euros here, a few hundred euros there. Uh, so the government's basically not having it." And so you've got this face-off happening now. And really, things are coming to a boil uh, in Italy over this issue. Uh, We've got some footage, I think. uh, We'll take a look at this.
0: So that was quite that was quite a crowd then.
1: Yeah, the footage uh, courtesy of the of the Telegraph uh, newspaper there, Mike. But do you see the caveat from Mario Draghi, the technocrat who's in charge in Italy. I mean, gosh, the banker of all bankers. Right. And so he says, "Are well, we going to keep the lockdown until the situation improves?" What does that mean? Until cases go down? Well, you know? this
0: is this is the problem with Fauci's responses. Of course, that you you ask them a simple question and nobody will give you a simple answer because they they don't want to reach a threshold where they're forced into saying we're coming out of lockdown now you can open your businesses again. And why not? Well, this this comes back, Patrick, does not to the the green uh, issue, because we've got to remember what uh, Mark Carney said, that any business which isn't capable of moving forward on this Green New Deal basis uh, will go out of business. And uh, many of these small businesses are not viewed as being, you know, as, as dealing with with climate change issues and therefore they're not seen as being useful for the uh, the new regime
1: and the will, new order will they be able to keep up with the new safe certification that we right. showed earlier i mean the big businesses will won't they no problem right they'll, that's just compliance and they'll do that same business but what about everybody else what about all the small to medium-sized businesses? what about all the hospitality businesses the likes of mark carney and the wef they want to see all those businesses go go, go to the wall yes. make no mistake about it and by the way Draghi from italy prime minister is also tying this to we need more people vaccinated so when we get when the situation improves and we get more people vaccinated we'll lift lockdowns so i mean it's just an end it's going to be endless if that's the way if those are the rules of the game it's just going to go on and on and on
0: uh, and in fact they say those are the rules in the game until this until they say they're not the rules of the game because the vaccine is the way out, and then the vaccine's not the way out because it doesn't provide immunity and it doesn't stop the spread. So yeah. it contributes, but it's not the way out. And
1: yeah, Boris Johnson just said the other day that uh, uh, the reason the numbers are down is not because of the vaccine, it's because of lockdown. Yeah, so, so which yeah. is it?
0: Yes. Anyway, look, if you do like what the UK Column does and you would like to support us, then please head over to ukcolumn.org forward slash community and there are options to help us out there. Um, and uh, well, You will not find us on YouTube as we mentioned today, but we are on Bitshoot and we are on Odyssey. Um, So the archive of today's uh, live UK column news will be on those platforms later on. Um, Obviously, Twitter and Facebook as well. If you find any of our material there, please do share it. uh, And that will be more and more important.
1: Especially today's program. Yes. Especially because it won't be on YouTube.
0: No, it will not indeed. Okay, Um, just before we uh, move on, this is an interesting front page uh, in today's Eye.
1: That's right. And we, we talk about the science, Mike, and we must follow the science. Well, this is the science right here. Uh, part human, part monkey embryo is created by scientists. And they're hailing this, Mike, as a major breakthrough. So, you know, hu- hu- the humanity hasn't survived up to this point in history without, so, amazingly, we survived without having to create a part human, part monkey embryo. I mean, it's extraordinary, isn't it? How have we made it this far?
0: What's the justification for this?
1: Well, they say this is going to be a groundbreaking uh, in order to treat congenital diseases and so forth. But I mean, uh, it it does raise a lot of worries, Mike. And what is this really besides uh, playing God? And we're seeing more and more of this. The restrictions on a lot of these things are being lifted. So it's just pretty much anything goes. I mean, look at the rollout of the mRNA technology. Mm -hmm. No regulation whatsoever. Yeah, it hasn't been used before in the public. Yeah, might as well. Go ahead, roll it out. There's a pandemic on. So who knows? What other emergencies could they use to justify other Frankenstein-type technologies? I mean, where does it end? This is is a dangerous period of history right
0: now. And the the hypocrisy is that they've been criticizing China for its lax regulation over the last... uh, period of time, but clearly we want to catch up as quickly as possible.
1: Absolutely, yes. So uh, let's let's look at uh, CNN. We've got a great segment here about CNN, the most trusted name in news. That's their old strap line uh, right there. So CNN has been caught on a, a sting, if you will, by Project Veritas by James O'Keefe. Uh, we've got some footage of this. Now, the first part of this, Mike, is basically CNN, a, a producer admitting, admitting, that uh, their whole purpose for the last year has been to make sure Trump doesn't get reelected. And so they're clearly taking a partisan position, not only that, but an activist position and putting out basically fake news and propaganda. It's admitted, watch this footage. Of a CNN director,
3: Charlie Chester on tape for years. We've heard that CNN is the most trusted name in news, but a CNN director is on tape telling us they their propaganda, helping a certain political candidate, employees admitting what we've always known to be true. Our focus was to get Trump out of office, right? Yeah, I mean, like, Trump, we did it. Like, when Trump uh, was, uh, I I don't know, like, his hand was shaking or whatever, we brought in, like, so many medical people to, like, all tell a story that, like, it was all speculation that he was, like, neurological damaged, like, that, that he was losing it, he's unfit to, you know, whatever. We were, we were creating a story there that we didn't know anything about, you know, we were, so that's, that's, I think that's a propaganda, yeah, that, you know. Um, we had nothing else to run with at that time. We were, like, just taking shots off the bow, just hoping something would you know.
0: Wow, <laughs> so, just hoping something would hit.
1: Yeah, so, you know, they say the, the media uh, cries whenever they were getting hit by Trump, mm-hmm. calling him fake news or saying that they're an, the enemy of the people and so forth, and they would just scream at righteous indignation. And there you have it as a CNN producer over drinks with a, with a reporter admitting that they have done just that. Mm-hmm. So the alternative media has been right on that issue from the beginning, and the mainstream media have been wrong and lying and covering for each other on that issue. So n- now it, it, we're talking about COVID. So so CNN's been running COVID for 12 months. Yes. Total fear, propaganda, demagoguery, wall to wall, 24 seven, along with the anti-Trump stuff. And then now it's all COVID and all vaccine. So where's CNN going next? Well, we find out here, watch this. Chester also
3: believes that in the current news cycle, there is quote, COVID fatigue, Chester saying, that CNN has a game plan to fix that fatigue. I think there's just like a COVID fatigue. So like whenever a new story comes up, they're gonna latch on to it. They've already announced in her office that once the public is will be open to it, we're gonna start focusing mainly on climate, um, uh, climate like global warming and-
1: What does that know. look like?
3: I don't know, I'm not sure. I, I have a feeling it's just gonna be like constantly showing videos of like decline and ice and weather warming up and like the effects it's having on the economy and, and really talking about. Pandemic like story like that will yeah, that will will be to death. But that one's got longevity. You know what I mean? It's probably I think, it's gonna take years, so They'll probably be able to milk that for quite a bit.
1: So, so climate change overload.
3: Be prepared. It's
1: coming. (laughs) It's coming. Yeah. So we're going to milk it for years. I mean, literally. So there, you got an inside look. I don't know what's going to happen to that guy. He's probably going to get fired, no doubt. But that's James O'Keefe from Project Veritas. That's what they do they 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 find out. They report on what the mainstream media are doing, mm. and they put it out. Now, uh, there's been a backlash. James O'Keefe has been attacked, and uh, he's actually he sued the New York Times in a defamation lawsuit. I don't know what the results of that suit is, but this is what happened. Look at what happened after this story broke in the last uh, twenty four hours. Twitter permanently suspends Project Veritas's James O'Keefe uh, for what? Well, Twitter said on Thursday. They suspended his account permanently uh, for violations of manipulation and spam, according to Twitter. Now, what does that mean? Well, let's take a look. I think they might try to explain it here. Okay, according to Twitter, you can't mislead others on Twitter by operating fake accounts, and you can't artificially amplify or disrupt conversations. I don't know what that means, Mike um but through the use of multiple accounts so project veritas has an official and then james o'keefe has a personal and this is why they have uh suspended him
0: Uh, but even if uh james o'keefe were doing this uh veritas it's not a huge organization to you know they may be maybe they're running multiple accounts or sock puppet accounts in order to draw people into conversation in the first place but What's the scale of Project Veritas doing that compared to 77 Brigade or 13 Signals or some of these other government-backed organizations in the UK? I would imagine the United States has equivalent programs where they're running entire data farms uh, with, with hundreds, thousands of accounts to do exactly that, to artificially amplify, to disrupt conversations, to 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 make complaints to YouTube and Twitter and other platforms to de-platform uh people this is this is what they do so for twitter to take this position with a small alternative media organization like project veritas the hypocrisy in that is just off the scale
1: Uh, they probably have half a dozen staff or something like that there right but but new york times has i don't know 10 twitter accounts the guardian has i don't know they've got what five six i don't know all the mainstream media outlets have multiples Mm. tons and tons of twitter accounts and cnn cnn They've got a bunch of Twitter accounts, plus all of their news anchors have over 200,000 followers. So, I mean, they managed to disrupt, quote, disrupt a lot of conversations. But this gets us back to the issue of CNN. And uh, their their medical uh, analyst uh, was on with Chris Cuomo a couple of weeks ago and basically gave the game away. And I always say, listen to CNN and you'll know what the deep state's plan is or you'll know what the deep state's agenda is, as we just showed you from Project Veritas's clip there about yep. climate change coming. Now listen to this
3: vaccinated, you can do all these things, hear all these freedoms that you have, because otherwise people are going to go out and enjoy these freedoms anyway.
0: Which is what's happening in Florida and in Texas and in other places.
1: Hence the rush. Yes. Hence the rush to to ram the vaccines down people's throats. Now, let's take a look at uh, at, at the medical analyst there. This is Dr. Leanne Wen, And just to reiterate what she said, The CDC and the Biden administration needs to come out a lot bolder and say, if you're vaccinated, you can do all those things. Here are all these freedoms that you have, because otherwise people are going to go out and enjoy these freedoms anyway. That really, really gives the agenda away, but it really encapsulates everything that we've seen, not just in the U.S. from government, but also in the U.K. as well. Yes. So this is part of the, uh, the 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 information warfare the the, the spy B type type of mentality this is what they calculate isn't it these sort of dynamics yeah it
0: is indeed um, okay well look uh, let's move back to the UK then and to Russia um, and uh, well Dominic Raab this morning saying this uh, we see what Russia is doing to undermine our democracies the UK and US are calling out Russia's malicious behaviour well what's this all about well this is the accusation by Joe Biden now supported by the UK so it's a joint Complaint uh, that Russia has been uh, hacking uh, and hacking Solar Winds. Uh, so the Solar Winds, a big IT consultancy in the United States, and these uh, Russian state hacks allegedly um, have uh, interfered with tens of thousands of US businesses, but also the US government uh, as well. Um, so here is uh, the National Cybersecurity Center in the UK, US, and the UK and US call out Russia uh, for Solar Winds compromise. Uh, and this is what they say, the NCSC has assessed that it's highly likely, Patrick, uh, that Russia's foreign intelligence services are responsible for the compromise of SolarWinds software. Um, and uh, the Foreign Commonwealth Office has pushed out a uh, a uh, comment today or a statement today, the UK government is deeply concerned about a pattern of malign behavior by the Russian state uh, at today's summons the F. So the, the Foreign Commonwealth Office summoned the Russian ambassador in and they say, at today's summons FCDO permanence under Secretary Sir Philip Barton made it clear the UK's support for the actions announced by President Biden in response to Russia's recent activity. And what is that action? Well, of course, more sanctions. Um, and uh, they went on to say that he set out the UK assessment that the Russian intelligence services were behind the Solar Winds compromise. He informed the ambassador that the UK will continue to work with our allies to call out and counter malign operations by the Russian intelligence services. Uh, Sir Philip also stated the UK's concern that the buildup of Russian military forces near the Ukrainian border and illegally annexed Crimea. Uh, These activities are threatening and destabilizing. Russia needs to cease its provocations and de-escalate tensions in line with uh, its internal obligations. Now, this is really impressive, Patrick, because, of course, uh, many people criticize Donald Trump. But the truth is, that this was exactly the narrative that we were seeing. We saw the integrity initiative program from the foreign office uh, while Obama was president, Uh, as soon as uh, Donald Trump uh, was president. This type of nonsense was not possible. Uh, Trump has now been moved out of the way. Uh, We've got Biden back in place, and not only are things ramping up in the Middle East and in Syria, but we've got things ramping up with Russia and exactly the same rhetoric that we had before, but it doesn't end there. Um, here is uh, Charles Michel, President of the European Council, uh, and he's deeply concerned about the large ongoing build-up of Russian military forces on Ukraine's border and in illegally annexed Crimea. So we've got the same narrative uh, being built here. Uh, the EU, way, sorry, the EU gives unwavering support to Ukraine's independence, sovereignty, and territorial integrity uh, in its internationally recognised borders. Uh, I call on Russia to uphold the OSCE principles and commitments on transparency of military movements. It doesn't end there. In Canada, uh, comments of the embassy uh, regarding Canada's statement on cyber threats. So Canada also getting on board with the claim uh, that uh, the Russian uh, state has hacked solar winds. Uh, And this is their statement saying attempts to put responsibility for alleged cyber attacks on Russia are absolutely unfounded. We've repeatedly offered to the Atlantic camp nations both bilateral and multilateral cooperation on information security. However, all our initiatives remain ignored. Uh, such an attitude once again confirms all cyber accusations to be politically motivated, groundless, and divorced from reality. Uh, choosing to follow irresponsible US policy against Russia based on disinformation and far-fetched claims is detrimental to already fragile state of political bilateral uh, relations. Uh, well, this is, I think, a very fair statement. And, uh, uh, the fact of the matter is that no matter what Russia has been doing, the West has been running an information war against Russia for a very long time now. Uh, and but not just an information war, also a, a form of cold war in the sense that you know Russia was removed from the dialogue uh, between NATO and Russia. Um, Russia was uh, ha- has been uh, accused of all kinds of, of things, but in the meantime, we've been moving our men and materiel right up against the Russian border in Eastern Europe doing what we promised we would never do uh, as NATO countries, uh, which was to move into the Eastern European, the former Soviet states, we have done that. And so if Russia is feeling threatened by that, that's hardly surprising.
1: Well, the first thing I'm gonna say, as far as the hack goes, it's alleged, uh, and this was the problem with Russiagate, because we didn't knock Russiagate on the head and let that ride, right. that opened the door for more of these crazy uh, cons- what I call official conspiracy theories, uh, then it's hard to prove anything in cyberspace or disprove anything. But uh, that's first of all. Second of all, Crimea is not going back to the Ukraine. Okay, under interna- According to international law, that was a legal process. They had a referendum. It was like 90% in favor. And they'll talk about the Tartar minority or whatever. Look, uh, that was part of Russia before Khrushchev. Basically handed it over in a political move during the USSR, I believe, in the 1950s. So it's been, you know, it, it was it was a part of Russia, much like East Germany was a part of Germany before the Cold War, and now became a part of Greater Germany once again after the Iron Curtain fell. Uh, an unfortunate series of events made Crimea fall into the hands of Russia again. Uh, so that that's the other thing. The other thing, as far as the borders on the Ukraine, uh, Russia and the Ukraine actually share a border, so Russia already has military assets uh, near the border of the uh, Ukraine. So that's a non-issue.
0: And since when were we obliged to uh, follow the West's? You know, since when was Russia obliged to follow the West's demands to not move their own arms in up their, to their own border? It's
1: in their own territory. The,
0: the difference here is that NATO has moved NATO troops and NATO uh, material up to
1: Russia's border.
0: Russia's border, but but. Yeah. It's, it's up to Latvia, Lithuania, uh, and, and Poland and Czech Republic and so on. They've moved them into these countries. But NATO isn't a country. They're not the, the troops that have been moved into those countries aren't Czech troops, they're not Polish troops. In Poland, Poland is absolutely full of the United States military at the moment on the eastern border. Yeah. Um, so this is somewhat different. This isn't a, a nation-state deciding to move its uh, military to a part of its country. This is a foreign military moved into Poland and up against another foreign border. So uh, it's a different thing altogether. But of course, in the meantime, Russia being threatened uh, with sanctions, but also uh, being threatened with limitations to the ability to move money uh, on international markets and so on. So hardly a surprise then, uh, that TASS is reporting that the Kremlin is not ruling out that Russia will disconnect from from Western payment systems. And it's looking very much like Russia, China, Iran, uh, and many of the other countries that are sort of finding themselves on that side of the divide are looking to to build their own uh, international payment system for clearing payments
1: right. uh, and
0: no longer to be uh, at the you know beholden to western governments and western powers uh, that I think is very very significant
1: yeah yeah that's uh, it is significant so where does that leave us in terms of the Biden administration very hawkish towards the Ukraine Uh, situation, trying to draw Russia and and, and NATO into more of a conflict. Well, I'm not saying Biden's doing it. Who knows? Biden's just kind of there with uh, milk and cookies. I think he has a cadre of advisors managing him. But uh, the big headline uh, this past week was the White House announced that Biden says, I'm pulling the troops out of Afghanistan finally after.
0: Yeah, and he said he was going to do it
1: by 9-11. By 9-11. But, uh, you know, the devil's in the details, isn't it? So U.S. officials have actually told the New York Times that a shadowy combination of uh, special ops, Pentagon contractors, and intel operatives will likely stay. So it's not going to be happening in September. Now, this is identical to what Trump was attempting to do. And the left, the Democrats, the neocons, the hawks, CNN, they all jumped on top of Trump saying, no, 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 you can't do that. Okay, and then it basically they, they downscaled the withdrawal and stretched it out. All Biden's doing is basically picking that football up again and running the same play. Yeah. So it's uh, no surprise. Yeah. But oh, uh, well, there! Oh, sorry, we missed this. So there he is. Yes. Pandemic Joe. Pandemic Joe. Overlooking the whole thing and managing everything. He's that brilliant. You know that. Who is pulling his strings,
0: Patrick? Do we know?
1: A large group of of people, unfortunately, uh, a collective, are pulling his strings. Uh, Wall Street's pulling his strings. Hollywood's pulling his strings. So, yeah.
0: Right, okay. Who knows? Yeah, indeed. Um, But in the meantime, of course, uh, the trial of the policeman uh, who uh, killed George Floyd is taking place.
1: That's right. Uh, The trial of Derek Chauvin. This is over the uh, killing of uh, George Floyd here. Uh, This has reached ahead. Both the defense and the prosecution have uh, all called all their witnesses so next week from Monday we'll start hearing the closing arguments and eventually Mike the jury decision on this and so this is what you need to look out for on this so the evidence in this case so far much to the surprise of many people who haven't been following it doesn't actually fit second or third-degree murder so the charges the prosecution really went the whole hog uh, and a lot of people think this might have been strategically a big mistake and there's, there was no evidence of any racial motivation either, like zero. So that wasn't even an issue. Uh, and that's what all the protests over the summer were about, it was about race. There was no uh, evidence of any racial malice. So it's more likely that the charge will be second-degree manslaughter. That's more of a potential charge in this. So what you need to look at in terms of uh, the jury uh, uh, selection goes and how they're going to look at this is um, will he be uh, found guilty of a lesser charge, like a like second-degree manslaughter, which carries a term, it might carry, I don't know, up to 10, ten years, and, and he's got a, a few other things that he might be facing in terms of tax. Okay, so that's one question. Or will it be a hung jury? It has to be a unanimous decision. Uh, so there's
0: no opportunity for the judge to say that uh, he'll take a majority decision on this?
1: No, it's, it's, it's unanimous right. on, on this. So if there's a hung jury, then there might be appeal or retrial or something like that. And then the trial will move out of state because obviously if any of these any of these results come, Mike, and here's the last one here, an acquittal. If any of these happen, there's going to be massive riots. Cities are going to burn. In fact, it might even spread into the U.K., and across Europe, okay, as the sort of Black Lives Matter, international social justice. So
0: Black Lives Matter is not going to take any, anything less than a
1: murder uh, conviction. A murder conviction, anything okay. less than that, because they've already, they've already been, they brought all the academics on, all the poets, all the, th- the, the left-wing thinkers all, all over the media, saying this was a lynching. This was a lynching, and it was intentional, and they're out hunting. American cops are out hunting to lynch black People. This is basically what was said on MSNBC a number of times and uh, more of these um, uh, more left wing uh, mainstream media networks here. Uh, so, but t- taking that into consideration, look at this, okay? Look at this story. Uh, this is a BLM activist. Buildings will burn if Chauvin isn't convicted of murder, wow. just, just as you said. This is a high profile uh, uh, celebrity uh, and social media influencer or whatever. And she's come out and said this. And this is the general sentiment right here, uh, that that's what's going to happen if there's not a murder conviction. And it's likely there's not going to be a murder conviction because the evidence just wasn't there. There's a lot of, in fact, if you want to look at any of the details on this, uh, just go to our live blog at 21stCenturyWire.com. It's up at the top there. Click on that and you'll see a running commentary. Really, we've been doing this for the last four weeks. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you find all the details and analysis on there, who to look for on Twitter, et cetera to get the inside scoop on this trial.
0: Yeah, okay. Okay, thank you for that. Now, we'll just uh, end briefly on this. Now, of course, we've been talking uh, about uh, the move towards, uh, as the pandemic moves towards a climate change uh, agenda in the news. Uh, Well, have a look at this one. This is from the New York Focus, uh, a threat to New York's clean energy goals, Bitcoin mining. Now, I have to say, Patrick, it's been a total surprise to me that over the last, several years, there hasn't been much more in the media about Bitcoin and its impact on the environment because they're using so much energy to because obviously, Bitcoin is based on uh, proof of work done in order to generate the coins themselves. Uh, So it has been a surprise to me that they have that no one has uh, sort of been trying to to use Bitcoin as a battering ram uh, on the climate change issue. But this seems to be one event which has uh, made them decide to do that. uh, Because the group of people that are mining Bitcoins and New York have decided to buy their own power station. Uh, This was a coal-fired power station. It's been out of use and derelict for 10 years and they have recommissioned it uh, and they're using the energy generated by that power station uh, in uh, in New York, in Dresden, New York, uh, to to mine Bitcoin. And they're doing very, very well at it. And the argument in the article is that this can only happen because Bitcoin is so expensive at the moment. It makes it economically viable uh, for it to be done in that way. Um, and uh, but they're uh, tearing the hair out over the possibility that this uh, of the impact this is going to have on New York's uh, clean energy goals.
1: Well, there are clean coal burning technologies. I don't well, think
0: that power station fits the bill though.
1: Maybe, but it could be retrofitted. Okay, yes. they, they have scrubbers, they have all sorts of things that's cut down emissions a lot. But it's going to drive uh, the Biden White House crazy. It's going to drive the media crazy because they're pushing the Green New Deal right now really aggressively yes so this sort of thing is going to be a total anathema the problem is, is there's a lot of lefties who are also have done really well on bitcoin a lot of hope high profile liberals the silicon valley crowd they're all into bitcoin so it's a bit of a catch-22 um, so they might even be a little bit muted about this this might just kind of slip under the rug this is sort of like an embarrassing kind of you know cra- crazy uncle of a story
0: yeah Yeah. Okay. Well, look, uh, we're going to have to leave it there for today. Thank you very much for joining me as usual. Patrick, thank you for joining us. Uh, We will be back at the same time, 1pm on Monday, not on YouTube, um, but we'll see you on the other platforms. Uh, Thanks for joining us. Have a great weekend and we'll see you then. Bye-bye.